Welcome to News Over Brews, the only podcast that breaks down the best of this week's pop culture over a nice cold beer. Sponsored by PopBreak.com. I am your host and moderator, Al Manorino. On this week's episode, Ryan and I review Special Edition NYC. We take a look at this year's E3, and the latest trailer from Dumb and Dumber 2 is the subject of this week's trailer talk. Oh, and by the way, Lucas talks about metal. With me, as always, is two people who are considered too extreme to join the Expendables, Ryan DeMarco. They weren't paying me enough money, so I left them to join another team called the Undependables. And Lucas Jones. Well, I mean, I applied to join, but for some reason, they didn't really accept a complete knowledge of 80s music and guitar playing skills as an acceptable attribute. Really? They wouldn't accept that? You know, I, I thought that they would because, you know, they're they're all 80s stars. And so, like, while they're, like, doing their shooting and they're jumping and they're spinning and they're, Nyaw, I could be in the background, like, playing epic 80s guitar anthems. But, I don't know. I guess they figured you, that they could probably just do it in post. I was going to say, you could, you could have provided a live soundtrack to their awesomeness. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're they're so old, they might have been not been able to hear it anyway. That's true. Pro- probably not. Um, well, Luke, uh, I'm getting a little thirsty, so can you just tell me about this beer so I can drink it? Uh, well, today we are drinking a River Horse Summer Seasonal, which is called the Summer Blonde American Ale. Um, it's a light ale that is 4.5% alcohol by volume, and its availability is from April to August. Um, I've never had this before. Uh, Ryan, have you ever had this before? No. Al? First time. Um... I don't remember. I might have. Mm-hmm. Um, well, can, I beer has like, that effect. Yeah. I was like having beers that I've never had before. Um, and I tried this one and I was like, I was confused. I don't know what I expected from Summer Blonde. I guess when you hear summer, you expect like lemon and citrus and and coriander and pepper and all that stuff. Um, or coriander, excuse me. Um, but I didn't really get that. I got like very weedy very yeasty bread almost like a biscuit e sort of flavor um which i guess is more stereotypical of a blonde ale um but it was very very balanced um to use the word bland is to compare it with beers that are trying to be crazy this is not a beer that's trying to be a like a hot bomb or like made with 18 pounds of grapefruit you know it's supposed to be a very simple balanced beer that is refreshing it's low in alcohol um it's a summer seasonal and uh that's what that's what we got ryan what do you think uh yeah i mean coming into this i really didn't know what to expect uh i've heard of river horse before and they're from um where we record new jersey they come from new jersey and uh you know upon drinking it uh didn't really i mean i kind of walked away unsatisfied in a way it it really um it really didn't it kind of was false promise like you said you kind of hoped um some lemon so something that kind of signifies the summer blonde which kind of was advertised but i got wheat and uh, i got a metallic taste too it was kind of like it was in the 
between a metal pipe and a bowl of Fritos. That's kind of what I got from this. <laughs> but um, I got the wheat taste. And uh, overall, kind of tame. Um, doesn't really stand out to me. I think my mistake um, when purchasing it or when I was looking for beer to review this week and also to have some delicious sushi with was uh, I was kind of looking for something light. I was looking for an ale and I saw some, I, I saw this River Horse Summer Blonde Ale and I was like, that kind of sounds like what I need right now. It's 90 degrees outside. Um, it's pretty unforgiving out. And um, yeah, I need something light because I'm about to eat a ton of food. Um, but I really wasn't expecting, um, I guess, the blonde aspect of it. You know, the wheat, um, you know, that that bread-like kind of taste. Uh, I was looking for something a little more on the refreshing side, but it was still good. It was still light. So it, it, it paired well with the food I was eating. It was just now that I'm drinking it now um, at home in air conditioning, you know, it's it's not it's not the beer that. I would say, hey, this is the beer of the summer, you know. Um, but overall, I mean, I know we started doing num- uh, number reviews. I would probably put in like the five or six out of ten, right in that range. It's not terrible. It's just not it doesn't stand out. Yeah, I would. That's exactly what I would say. I'd probably give it like a five, five point five. It just, it's something to drink because it's in front of me. Um, I know River Horse can do better. Uh, they they have better beers out there. This one, however, it's not doing it for me. And I, I do want to make one point, is that, you know, this beer is not billed as, um, like, a crazy beer. It's it's not supposed to be crazy lemon or crazy fruit or aged in 500-year-old wine whiskey barrels. Um, it's supposed to be a very simple summer beer, Um and I think at that, it does exceptionally well if you're into a very weedy, bready flavor. Um, it's different from like a Weiss beer in that it's a little bit of a heavier mouthfeel um, and a little bit drier, I would almost say. But as a beer that's sold as a simple, balanced summer beer that's low in alcohol, I think it does very well. However, my personal taste, that's not what I gravitate towards. I usually gravitate towards the Weiss beer, a floral IPA, um, or even the River Horse Belgian Triple. The Triple Horse is one of my favorite so favorite beers that I've ever had. The River Horse Milk Stout, oh my god. Um, awesome. Amazing. And most of the River Horse beers, I, I just, I love. Um, the, and Hopalotamus, I think, is, is actually pretty good, too. Um <laughs> They have a pumpkin one too, don't they? Yeah, they have a pumpkin pumpkin one that's pretty good. That's that's really good. So I I think just my personal taste is getting in the way here. Um, Mm -hmm. So based on the personal taste, I would probably give it about a five and a half or six, a little bit closer to average, slightly above average because, you know, like I said, it does what it's advertised. It's just not my personal taste. So you heard it here, guys. River Horse is a great brewery, but Summer Blonde wasn't doing it for us here at News Over Brews. So last month, we News Over Brews went to our first event. We went to the Hop Sauce Festival in Long Beach Island. Now, last week, we went to our second major event, the first ever 
special edition NYC Comic Con at the Javits Center in New York City. Now, Ryan and I represented PopBreak.com and News Overbrews, and first time we've ever been there, both as press. It was very fun, exciting. We were kind of nervous as well, too. We were representing uh, our podcast and, of course, Pop Break at this first ever event. And um, I think we had some high expectations as well because uh, we just recently went to our first major Comic-Con in October, uh, the New York City Comic-Con, put on by the same people, Read Pop, uh, same people who created uh, NYCC. And, um, and also, we just... We had a great time then, and we were kind of expecting that same atmosphere. But we knew going in that special edition was focused mainly on what started Comic-Con, and that's the comics. And they wanted to put the focus back on comic books, art, culture, and really on you know indie and up-and-coming comic book labels, not just the major ones like Marvel and DC. And uh, a few of them weren't even that present there um dc had panels but didn't have a booth um image didn't have a they, they weren't there at all or dark horse was rarely uh they were a sponsor but they uh they didn't have a booth as well only uh only marvel and valiant and a few other major comic book labels were actually really present and really uh you know really there at this convention and it's completely understandable this is the first one of its kind, so um, I guess some people were hesitant, or even at uh, Phoenix Comic Con, which was going on actually at the same weekend. So, um, Ryan, what were your uh, you know your initial thoughts going into Special Edition, and uh, how was your overall experience there? Well, um, as you said, you know, going into it, you knew it wasn't going to be as grand as the October show is, which is you know pretty much everything. Going into once you get there in Javits Center, it's the same building, you know, that it's held in October. It's the same, uh, the same building, same, you know, location. You as soon as you get there, you kind of get this feeling that you're entering a uh, kinder, gentler Comic Con, the kind of Comic Con that would get your kitten out of the tree if it ran out of your house and ran, you know. It's kind of like that. It was, um, you know, it's closer to the source material. So you're obviously you're cutting out a bunch of the other fans, for, you know, that don't even read comics. But, um, you know, it, it was smaller. It was isolated. It, it was only kept in Artist Alley, which was one of the many locations in the October festival. You know, the Javits Center is a blocks long location. It's huge and holds many different, many different uh, wings. This one was only in one wing, and. Um, you can see it, it was definitely it, it felt like once you walked in it was a it was a large small comic convention pretty much it was and as you said it felt a little absent that it felt a little weird that like like DC uh Dark Horse they were noticeably absent Marvel was there as usual and uh you know as we discussed after um no big big names like there were you know of course a few recognizable names nobody huge nobody that could draw a crowd really um i don't know if if like we said maybe they're in the phoenix festival phoenix comic-con i don't know um but still walking away you know it's comic books i'm gonna enjoy it regardless uh there was a nice crowd very very nice people that we talked to we interviewed a few people they were very nice a lot of great costumes um still a great environment um 
it, I still had a nice, pleasant time walking away from it. I don't regret. I don't regret anything. I regret. I, I kind of wish I could go the second day, you know. Um, but uh, what about you, Al? Yeah, um, I loved pretty much the entire aspect of it. It reminded me of when we went to um, the Wizard World Philadelphia, you know, back when we were in high school a couple years ago, uh, a while ago now ago. at this point, a couple <laughs> years ago. It was like, it's like five or six years ago now. Um, but Stop! It, yeah. Um, I, I, I think it was definitely great for its first run. Um, things that definitely need improvement would be, like when you said, like a bigger draw, like... It wasn't packed, and it could have been, because obviously it's the same people who made NYCC, uh, which is huge. It's the second biggest Comic-Con in the country, um, and, and we were there the busiest day, and it was, you know, you couldn't even walk. It was crazy. Um, they definitely, um, if they had, you know, um, some bigger names, some bigger comic book creators, you know, your Grant Morrison's, your Stan Lee's, uh, your Frank Miller, Jeff Johns, you know, if you got one of those big names, it would draw even, you know, probably almost double the crowd um, or even have an incentives, you know, variants specifically for special edition NYC, you know, New York city has ones there that you have to buy. But I remember back when we went to wizard world and other comic cons, there would be ones that they were given at the door just by buying a ticket. And that's also a draw too, for comic book collectors. Um, overall, I had a great time. And as Ryan mentioned, we took some cosplay pictures uh, we didn't get dressed up this year, but you can expect us to be dressed up in October, at least one of the days. Um, we took some pictures that are available. Um, you can see all of them, our 50 favorites on popbreak.com. And uh, we're going to give you some more coverage come October because we'll be there as uh, News Over Brews and popbreak.com. We're going to be there uh, at New York City Comic Con. So definitely stay tuned for that. And now, without further ado, this week in metal. This will give me a perfect opportunity to debut my new theme music. Wait, you made theme music? Welcome to This Week in Metal. necessary but awesome thank you and, and it was actually totally necessary so uh we had a week off so we have the benefit of two weeks of heavy metal um and so i got a couple of things that you metalheads out there are going to want to uh pay attention to so dragon force just came out with a new signal new single during our week off coming album called maximum overload which is due august 19th in the states the single is called the game uh, they have a music video with it. Uh, I have to be honest, the music video is kind of kind of lame. Uh, I don't really know what the point is, um, but the music is awesome. The guitar parts are epic. It looks like Dragon Force has switched over to seven string guitars, which I completely understand because seven strings are awesome. Um, they've got a heavier feel to them, less cheesy power metal and more like heavy power metal. Um, the solos were kicking. Everything was awesome. Even Ryan liked it. Uh, yeah, it was really, really nice. The 
the video again was terrible. Yeah, I, think I, don't, was, I don't really know what that it was, was. I think it was an abstinence lesson. I don't really know. Oh, well, yeah. no. um, Metallica. A uh, couple of things happening with Metallica. First off, they came out with a a statement talking about the upcoming album, and James Hetfield, hopefully exaggerating, said they have 800 new riffs for the album, um, which is a lot of riffs. <laughs> uh, hopefully, all those riffs don't make it onto the album. Um, but <laughs> save it for the next one after <laughs> yeah. that, maybe. Um, so I'm really excited personally because an inspired Metallica is an awesome Metallica and their albums have been uh, getting better. Um, Death Magnetic was good. Uh, Beyond Magnetic was even better because it fixed some of the audio quality issues with Beyond, um, with Death Magnetic. Uh, so hopefully their next album will be fantastic. And uh, I shouldn't say hopefully. Their next album will be fantastic. Um, and they are still headlining Glastonbury even though a petition has been signed by, I think, 15,000 people to get them to not headline it um, due to controversy over James Hetfield's hunting. Um, he takes part in sport hunting of brown bears in Alaska and is actually narrating a 12-part series on Discovery Channel called The Hunt. Um, and so the, the hippies with nothing better to do at Glastonbury have decided that this is the most pressing issue that they could turn their attention to. And they asked Metallica politely to not play Glastonbury. And Metallica promptly told them to go buzz off. Um, they're really excited to play Glastonbury, and nothing is going to stop them. So they will be there. You hippies, you can all suck it. Um, <laughs> Megadeth has come out with a statement talking about them working on their new album, which they said is going to be a lot heavier than Super Collider, which, quite frankly... Um, isn't going to be that hard because Super Collider was a god awful excuse for a Megadeth album. It was cheesy. It was badly written. The lyrics were dumb. Dave Mustaine, I don't know what was up with his voice on that one, but, um, you know, they're recommitting to their heavy. You know, a lot of these thrash metal bands, um, Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, they're all coming back out with this return to their roots kind of a thing, uh, which is really, really cool. So that'd be something to look forward to. Um, lastly, um, a band, an 80s band, that has a soft spot in my heart. Um, Night Ranger came out with a new album on June 10th. It's called High Road, and it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, High Road was... Um, it it kind of went back to their roots a little bit. It's it's a modern take. So, like, the production and, like, the effects and the guitar sounds and the vocal sounds are very modern. You know, I kind of missed the giant reverbiness of the 80s albums, but it was good. Um, the current lineup at Night Ranger is Jack Blades, Kelly Keegy, Brad Gillis, um, Joe Hextra, and Eric Levy. Uh, so they're, you know, and they're going on tour, which I actually just looked up. And they're going to be in New York on July 2nd. Uh, so now I'm very excited. Uh, my hands are shaking. Um, I might end up going to see Night Ranger. So if I do go see Night Ranger, if, if the stars align and I get a chance, if, if my seven wishes are granted, uh, perhaps they will get a chance to sing me away at the B.B. King Theater in New York on July 2nd. And I will let you know how it was. But don't hold yourself in suspense because if I go, it's probably going to be the best concert I've ever been to. Uh, so that is This Week in Metal. Unfortunately, it's the 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 short version of the rundown of everything that happens in the world of heavy metal in the course of a week. Um, so with great regret, I will now send it to my less-than-metal co-workers, Al Manorino and Ryan DeMarco, 
for whatever other not metal thing they want to do for the rest of the time on this podcast. E3 happened, and for video game fans, that is like Christmas. It is where you get to find out about all the latest and best video games and tech coming from all the major systems like Nintendo and PlayStation and Microsoft. So this year was a little different than some of the E3s uh, that we've seen in the past. Last year was focused on consoles um, with Microsoft announcing the Xbox One and PlayStation announcing the PS4. Um, This E3, however, was focused on games, which was incredible because we got to see tons of new games and tons of footage um, from all three developers. Uh, Nintendo always going back to their, you know, their favorite franchises, um, showing footage from like Super Smash Brothers and the new Mario Kart and all that kind of stuff. Um, PlayStation showed stuff. I don't know. I focus on Microsoft because that's what I play. I've been playing Xbox since it came out. This is the original Xbox. So um, we wanted to, instead of just say, oh, this was our, you know, this is what E3, you know, I liked about it and this is what sucked. Uh, We always like to do this segment for big events, Best Worst Surprise, um, where we pick the best thing, the worst thing, and what surprises the most. So um, I'm going to start with Rye. Rye, what was the best thing about E3 for you? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh I didn't really find a whole lot of things in the E3 uh, conference that too appealing, except for one. Uh, it was called Sunset Overdrive. Kind of came out of nowhere. I had no idea about it, but when I saw it, I instantly fell in love with it. Uh, I mean, to me, honestly, how could you ignore it? It kind of resent. It's in the vein of Dead Rising, Grand Theft Auto, and you know, it, it kind of looks. It has like that that dated the dated graphics and gameplay of like a Tony Hawk video game just kind of just kind of amplified with like crazy graphics and just like this like loony loony tunes type of thing um i don't know a whole lot about the story even though they kind of explained it in the trailer um apparently an energy drink has transformed everyone in los angeles into a mutant and those who are not mutants uh i guess kind of uh go to survive it's kind of like a borderlands thing too i I, got, I kind of got like a few games like a fistful of games in this one but the gameplay pretty much revolves around some guy running around blowing the heads off of these mutants with like a thousand different guns that he pulls out of his pocket and he uh, rides around on roller coasters with these these grinder shoes of his it, it's just so it's just so zany and um you know above all it looks fun you know all these games come out now and they're like it, it's serious and it's it's kind of like a poor man's infamous too a little bit. It's kind of like it just looks so much fun. My only concern is though, I, I hope it's I hope there's more things to do than just blowing mutants apart. Uh, I think there is, but to me, fellas, um, this one struck a chord with me. I think it's gonna be great. I was really surprised with it. Yeah. So we heard from Ryan that the best thing from E3 was Sunset Overdrive. I got a, a Team Fortress kind of animation vibe from it, you know? Um, yeah, but that definitely looked really cool. Uh, Lucas, what was the worst thing about E3? Personally, the worst thing for me was the Star Wars Battlefront 3 trailer. What a shot. Oh my god. And, uh, well, because it wasn't a trailer. It was it was two and a half minutes of people telling us how excited they are to work on it and how they took vacations to the, all the areas that they used to film Star Wars. 
and how they're working really, really hard, and EA really, really cares about it. You know, that's not a trailer. That's a press release with fancy video graphics and music. Um, so they got us all hyped up for nothing. They It wouldn't have been so bad if it was just a press release, I think. I think the fact was worse that it was like, here's Battlefront 3, and it was nothing. Um, aside from that, I... Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think anything was bad about E3. It was all just kind of either, to me, mediocre or really awesome. But, uh, Al, I think I'll, I'll let you talk about the last bit, which is what surprised you the most. Well, this was, this was definitely a surprise, um, mainly because of how awesome it is. Um, we were, you know, we, we always talk about Halo on this podcast, whether it's the game itself or, you know, a possible movie adaptation, television adaptation. We've just always been obsessed here on News Over Brews with the Halo franchise. And going into E3, we were expecting to get a little more detail about Halo 5 and uh, the Halo 5 Guardians, which was uh, recently announced before E3. And we're like, oh, wow, if they're talking about it already, that means they have a lot of info for us. They're going to show gameplay footage. You know, it's going to be fantastic. They didn't show anything, but they did give us something. They gave us something to go along with Halo 5, and that is Halo the Master Chief Collection, which collects the entire Master Chief story from Halo Combat Evolved through Halo 4 on one disc where you get to play every single game and all of the original multiplayers on dedicated servers. What that means for people who don't play video games is, well, why are you even listening to this? You should be playing video games. And the other thing is, you're going to be able to play these original maps that were on the original Xbox and uh, Xbox 360, and you'll be able to play them without worrying about lag, because they're all going to be on dedicated servers, meaning they're all going to be separate from each other, which is incredible. Um, This is also going to come with the Halo 2 Anniversary Edition of the game, which has not been a release yet. Um, That's what the project originally started as. They're like, oh, we're going to, you know, do Halo 2 because it's the 10-year anniversary. Hey, why don't we just re-release all the games? Great idea. Fantastic idea. Um, The game is, it's going to, and the best thing is the value. It's going to be $60, just like a normal Xbox game. And then you're going to get four games in one, including a redo of of Halo 2, which is going to be completely remastered. All the games are going to be in 1080p, 60 frames per second, and it's even going to conclude a whole new Halo uh, TV series in the same vein as Forward Onto Dawn, which we've talked about before, which is going to be pretty much exclusive for Microsoft. So it was a definite surprise. It was a welcome surprise, and it's freaking awesome. That was the best part of E3, and that was that was really worth it. Moving on to our last subject of the night, trailer talk, the one we always save for last. I don't know why we never start with trailer talk, but I guess it's always fitting that we save it for the end, kind of had a couple beers in us, and we can just kind of rip apart a trailer for for better or for worse. Now, this week, a very long-awaited sequel, uh, Dumb and Dumber 2, uh, starring Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. We really... We never thought this movie was going to happen. You know, it was always talks about it, but... I mean, Ryan, did you ever think you were ever going to see a sequel to this movie? 
Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was welcomed, definitely. And just seeing these two characters again in in the makeup and everything was just, was already awesome. I mean, it, it looks like, you know, they look, they just looked exactly the same. It doesn't really look like that they, that they <laughs> aged that bad. But, um, so the first trailer was released, um, I think it was on Jimmy, Jimmy, it was on Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, he premiered it right there. Yeah, it was premiered on Jimmy Fallon, and uh, I just saw it again when I saw 22 Jump Street. I've seen it a few times already, and so what, what was your first impressions of it? Well, it was just overwhelmingly joyful. It was just, it was it was so great to see this movie actually happen. I mean, I, I'm not, I mean, everyone kind of knows that the sequels to, like, really good movies usually fall flat, but, you know, it, it's been 20 years it's a cult classic, the movie. You know, everyone has seen it. Well, everyone with a soul has seen it, and just the just the first scene, the first scene of the first trailer where you come upon Lloyd being in a mental in a loony bin, a nut house even, and he he's sitting there for twenty years, just just to just to be like get a joke in on Harry Jeff Daniels' character. That is the perfect way to to close the gap from the first movie to the second movie and to reintroduce the characters needless to say i love this trailer um it it just it's just a nice a return to form for them and it's a great comeback for jim carrey who i absolutely adored when i was growing up it's so great to see him back doing comedy um i loved his dramatic work too but you know he'll always be a comedian in my eyes but this trailer uh, it looks like they have a whole new set of jokes up their sleeve, um, a whole new set of, of just gags that, that just you're going to leave the theater saying and probably it's going to stick in your head for a week, especially that last scene. If you've seen the trailer, um, that just that last bit in the trailer, that kind of stayed with me for a little bit. I was kind of laughing about that throughout the rest of the day. So I think I think this will defy the odds, and this will be one hell of a movie, and Hopefully, it kind of sparks uh, a return to Carrie doing other comedies, good comedies, not you, yes, man. And um, Jeff Daniels just being Jeff Daniels, he's he's a great. He he is the most one of the most well-rounded actors. He's he's incredible. I absolutely loved it. I am going on a rant. I'm sorry, fellas. What did you guys think of it? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I didn't. Not that I didn't care for the first movie, but. I mean, were we really waiting for the second one? No, we we weren't. That that's the thing. Was it like something that people were like, "Oh, they should make a second one"? Well, it was the thing. It didn't need a second one, but you know, it, it's it's one of those things. Like if if the first one's great, there's always going to be that that demand for a second one. But this one didn't need a second one. But obviously, someone out there thought it needed a second one. But you know, I'm I'm happy that they're making one. Twenty I mean, years later. Twenty years later. The first movie was okay. I guess the second movie would be okay too. I was never really a huge fan of it. This just in: we are going to need a uh, uh, <laughs> job listing for a third new ca- newscaster on News Over Brave. <laughs> because ours has turned into a robot. He thought he thought the first one was good, and the second one I mean, will probably just, be I good guess too. It's not my type of movie. Um, I don't really know what else to say. It's, it's not it's not really my type of movie. Right. I, I liked you know the what? first one. It was good. I didn't really think it needed a second one, but I guess somebody thought they could make some money off of it, so now they're making another one. It'll probably be just as good as the first one. 
so it'll be okay. Uh, you know, there's not really much else for me to say on this subject. Uh, that that's all I've got to say about right. that. <laughs> Back to me then. All right. Well, as as we as we put on Craigslist that we need a new that's member of News Over Brews, um, you know, I'm not going to agree with Robot Lucas on his on his take on the, your on disagreement the, uh, is noted. Um, I, I love the first movie. The first movie is hilarious. It's it's like one of the most quotable comedies <laughs> probably of all time. And, uh, I, you know, I was definitely very excited for a second one. That being said, the trailer for the second one, hopefully they're saving all of the outrageous and, like, you know, gut-wrenching, hilarious moments for the film itself because... Yeah, we got a, a basic understanding of what the sequel is going to be about, but at the same time, it really like there was only like one or two parts that made me laugh, like right at the beginning and right at the end, um, and like the middle was. Oh, well, like, kind of setting eh. up the story. Well, do, so, do like, you remember? A few, it might have been like yeah. a few months back. They had all those early reviews, and they're overwhelmingly positive. That's true. So that's that's what I'm very look. I'm still looking forward to it. That's where I was getting at. I'm sorry. Lucas kind of hurt me a little bit. Um, I know. Well, it's fine. Um, yeah. So the trailer itself, since this is trailer talk, wasn't impressive, but I'm still looking forward to the movie, and I'm incredibly excited to go see it with you guys, minus Lucas. Um, our new we'll probably go with our, yeah. you know mm-hmm. our new co-host. Well, I'm gonna yeah, give obviously. it a. I'll give it a. I'll uh, give it a B plus. Yeah, I'll probably put it. I'll throw it in like the C plus B range. Um, I, I don't know why we started grading everything, but I mean, why not? Luke, you're great. <laughs> um, I mean, as, it was <laughs> satisfactory. Um, I I would probably go with the C plus. Well, that's all the time we have here at News Over Brews. I'm El Manorino, and we're definitely gonna replace Lucas soon. And I'm Ryan Demarco. Hey. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? My name is Lucas Jones. I found that noise to be erotically stimulating. Get out. Thanks for listening. <laughs>